Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenverse. What's up, guys? Hi. Welcome back to the Damn Snapper. This is episode. Oh shit! This is episode. Episode eighty. Oh my god! Episode eighteen. Amos dances with pigeons of war. Interesting. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Now bear with us. It's been like three weeks since we last recorded, so it's been. A while. Yeah, we did bulk recording. Well, and now we, we had just have many like, things oh, happening in life, so we had yes. to. Yeah, um, we had to like our podcast took a backseat, but um, well, I mean, actually, not really, because we did bulk recordings on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not really any different for you guys. Like, it's still, yeah, pretty consistent. Exactly what it's still for know. us though. So, but we're back. Yeah. Okay. So we're reading chapters. What, what chapters are we reading? Four to six of the... T- the t- 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 four to wow. six. Yes, four to six. <gasps> of the serpent's shadow. 69 months? No, six to nine months. <laughs> <laughs> I should have So, Joe, before we get into, because it's been a while that we haven't been here, and also oh. some things have happened in the Percy Jackson fandom since we last recorded. My God, yes they have. Um, before we get into any of that, do you have any things that you would like to say, say off the cuff about these three chapters? We'll say you guys should all know what we're talking about. If you don't, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, um, literally. Oh wait, did you say off the cuff about these chapters? Yeah. Sorry, I was about to straight dive into the news. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong stuff. Okay, dive into these chapters. My God! These Rick's really upped his notch with evil villains. I was like, Jesus! Reading yeah. these cha- reading these chapters in regards to Sarah, I was like, chill, Sarah. Jesus, I'm like, you're torturing people, full on executing them. This is a proper cult. Like I've joked about cults. This is a real cult. But it's like weird because in the same sentence, she's like, look at all of the damage the canes that the canes have done. Let me just murder someone really quickly and then go. Oh my god, it's all your fault. Yeah, literally. And you're like. Oh. Are people really falling? <laughs> like, are people really, um, you know, believing? Sarah, Sarah? Jacoby is truly unhinged, and so is Kwai. They're both, they're like, both unhinged. Not unhinged in a joking way, like, she's just proper insane, and not in the fun way. Yeah. No. I wish that we'd been given a little more background on her in the yeah. earlier books, because then it could have been, like, a Other cool, like, she made a joker villain situation. Yeah. <laughs> So then this really is, like, a step down. Like, she's used Honestly. to killing people in, in the droves. Yeah, she's, she's doing, used like, to killing people once. in the thousands. So yeah. she's like, oh, what a time, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Joe just mimed whopping someone's head off. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's very exhausting. <laughs> she's like, man, the number seems so much longer. She's like, this could take all day if I'm doing it one by yeah. one. She's used to the efficiency, and that's probably what's frustrating her the most. My God. <laughs> She's like, what? I have to torture them for information first? I'm used to just getting rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know how much time she spent on, you know, making that whole vlog and that whole, like, making that whole. Excuse me, after my scary masterpiece trailer to be like, this is the recap of everything that you missed. (laughs) It's the games being terrible. (laughs) Run through your speech, make sure you don't mess up your lines. Who here has stage fright? <laughs> Be like you but it's funny, I mean, it is funny when she, shows, when she shows so many things going wrong in a row, consecutively in, in a, a row. row. And then you go, yeah, the canes are really, I mean, 
for people who don't know them, that's really not a good welcoming. Well, actually, I was half the stuff she pointed out were like not well. She was like Carter Kane. You have done all this wrong. <laughs> half the stuff she pointed out had nothing to do with Carter. Or like I was just in the background, and yeah. you're like. I wonder if that's a commentary on racism. I was like, well, I was like, why is everyone pinning it on just Carter? Well, it's like the same way in the very beginning chapters of the well, Red Pyramid. Why were Pyramid they pinning when, it on Amos as well? Well, it's, uh, I was about to say, the very beginning chapters of the Red Pyramid when the police came to Sadie's grandparents' house and literally only labelled Carter and their dad as terrorists, yeah. even though Sadie was there also. They didn't label Sadie, so like Sarah's probably leaning into the same... The same thing, which is like not great. Not great at all. <laughs> not great at all, and also like kind of confusing because and a bunch of the things were like all... group efforts. <laughs> so it was kind of just very confusing because they all follow a mythology and they all follow a like a you know a conscious stream of we worship these gods that are kind of rooted in a aspect of African mythology because they're in Egypt. Yeah. Which, so the whole racism yeah. thing, the whole racism thing, kind of makes no sense. Sorry, people are drilling downstairs. We have to keep stopping. I think they're done for the second. Looks Amazing. Yeah. That's really all I was going to say. Just, yeah, I find it so weird. Also, their magic is based around gods, and yet they're constantly saying, we are renouncing the gods. <laughs> you have to study <laughs> you wouldn't, them. You wouldn't have magic if I'd you be like, yeah, didn't have the gods. To renounce the gods is um, means, yeah, magic dies, so you're... Oh, that's something. Have, you stupid. have these books gone into how the magic how the magicians came about like did were there a race of people that had inherent magic within them or was it like the greeks where the gods got with a mortal to make a half and half kind of person <laughs> half and half i'm situation. a delightful half half situation <laughs> um no i don't think they've explained please explain right sorry that's a pauline answer joke <laughs> Yeah, nobody else will understand that joke at yeah, all. Nobody's going to get that, except for that one Australian chick who <laughs> listens to us. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, that's okay. So, did you have any other any other Straight thoughts? Straight off the bat, um, both. Well, you know how we've constantly been like, "God, oh, Katie, it, Katie." <laughs> Not me, guys! Blending them. But, like, Sadie keeps on going... Usually it's Connie! (laughs) But, like, Sadie keeps on going on and on about her love life. God, this time God also went on and on about his love life. And I was like, what is all the love life situations? He is, like, he makes a note of, like, I am the only... It's a one-sided relationship, for sure. And he is just, like... like, He's, like, I'm crazy. I'm super aware of it. And I'm also, like... But he's doing everything that he can not to push it on Zia. And so, like, all of the things and all the times that he, like, calls her, he doesn't say anything about it. He doesn't make any alluding to it. She is getting the impression that they're, like, really good friends. Whereas he's, like, oh, my God, I love you. (laughs) It's not... We are not the same. (laughs) The the Carter's perspective chapter ended on on, on, um, Zia being like so we'll have to talk about never mind I have to go <laughs> he was like wait wait what are we talking about <laughs> look she has to... a lot on her plate and oh, Carter so is funny. just not the top of her you know priorities which he in knows the way but that he's just disappointed about yeah he's okay just, like, well so before we get into inside. do you have anything else Okay, before we get into the rest of, yeah, the rest of getting into that, let's have a little, we have, <laughs> let's, <laughs> we have a couple of um, emails because we've been away from the microphones for a little while. Yeah, emails. So I think we have four or five emails. Oh um, and then 
well, I think a lot of it came out of um, so the announcement as well, right. because oh, a couple of yes. them, a couple of them mentioned the announcement. So great. that means we'll lead into more convo about that because I'm so excited. Okay, great. So let's listen to listen to. Let me read out the first email. So this one says, "Hi guys, I'm Ayla or Isla. I don't know which. Anyway, um, I was listening so to your Cersei episode in Sea of Monsters, and I thought, what if Annabeth had stayed on Cersei's island so as her priestess slash apprentice okay. after helping Percy escape and learnt witchy powers from Cersei? Also, she could have made friends with Raina there, and they could have had another connection in Heroes of Olympus, but that's a thought for another time. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> so I had this thought because you guys have said that it's Annabeth who follows the journey of Odysseus in the book, Sirens and No One. Um, and then I thought, hey, who spent a lot of time on Cersei's island? Odysseus. It would have been so cool for Annabeth to stay a little bit longer on Cersei's island and maybe learn some cool witchy magic powers as part of her demigod powers. It would have been such a cool thing for Rick to include in the book and for Annabeth, and he just completely glossed over the chance, question mark. Um, and Annabeth could have been the one to go missing, and the three on the quest could have been Percy, Tyson, and Clarice. What a cool dynamic. And then Annabeth would have would come back at the end, obviously, and save <laughs> everyone with witchiness. Um, anyways, just thought it was cool. I know it isn't much, but yeah, I just want to. I just wondered what you thought of my theory. Okay, I both I like this theory a lot. I think it's a cool also, fan fiction. I feel very strongly about Annabeth having no like power. Power. Her brain is her power. Like yes. That's, you know, that's the thing that makes her stand out from the rest, and it's the reason that she should have been the leader in Heroes of Olympus, not some weird cockfight between Jason and Percy. Um, she was the leader, remember? They both put her in the, like, the head of the table seat. Yeah. Yeah. This is very interesting, though. I do... I like the idea that she... Yeah, I like the no, idea that it's not is... inherited. Like, Cersei can teach anyone her magic. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what I would like? brainy, because she's really smart, she could adapt. Any kind of power that can be taught... Um, to anyone that yes, yeah. definitely Annabeth would it would be within her power to be able to manipulate it, like and within yeah. her realm See, that's to what manipulate I, it. Yeah. But I think she would just choose not to. That's what I like. I think because it would probably be, cool be like if, a lot of commitment. She's like, no. <laughs> I kind of think if we're going with yours, yes, we did compare Annabeth to Odysseus a lot in that fir- in Sea Monsters because that's the role that she takes on. It's which so is interesting very cool. though that somebody's listening to those episodes. Um. So the thing ago. that I like, <laughs> yes, Tyson and Clarice and Percy would have been a great trio. That would have been. Can you imagine Clarice and Tyson trying to talk? <laughs> <laughs> she would just ignore him. <laughs> but he would like wear her down over time with his niceness, and she'd be like, "Fuck's sake, hello." <laughs> See, actually, that'd be like a good if Tyson wore down Clarice in that way. It'd be a good way for us to see Clarice starting to understand or starting to navigate relationships and friendships with people who aren't like her more. Mm. So, like, we see in... Um, She's friends with a lot of fiery and Well, we see in Battle of the Labyrinth that she nurses people. Chris back to health, mm. but we have no prior knowledge of Clarice ever being this caring person. Yeah. And so, well, I don't know, if she, cards, if she took the time... Like, if this had been the case and she took the time to sort of get to know Tyson or understand the way he fights or appreciate the way that he fights and the way he thinks and speaks and whatever else the way that Annabeth had to learn to appreciate it rather than her prejudiced, gross Cyclops, terrible monsters, blah yeah. blah blah bullshit. I think it would have been like much easier for people to accept 
Clarice treating Chris that way, or you know, well, making Chris that person. I don't know her treating him that well, way. Well, it would it would push it would make it more believable that they're a couple rather than us sitting on the train. Of, he's her beard. Yeah, <laughs> us sitting on the train of he's her beard. But then it would also, in the same vein, make Clarice an even better partner for Selena. Yeah, I don't think it has any anything to do with her. Um, choice of sexual preference I just thought it would be fun <laughs> oh and that's not what I'm saying like I, mean her that, being nurturing. I mean her engaging with Tyson would teach her to be that nurturing person yeah that's what I'm saying which is just that's just what keeps you going yeah now. if you can't be cranky and angry and bossy all the time yeah my mother told me not to <laughs> yeah. but then like the other part of that I yeah, I think it would have been really yes it would have been really cool for Annabeth to stay on Cersei's Island in the way that Odysseus did and for her to meet Raina, like we would have had the problem that I have with a lot of Heroes of Olympus is that we don't get to engage with those new characters enough, we don't get to love them in the way that we love um, you know, the original series characters mm. and so when you meet Raina, she's this the problem I have with Jason is that he's said to be this huge amazing they never you know, prove character it. and they never prove it they but they're seen, working. and they kind of treat Raina the same way but kind of also differently because she's a woman and then I think it would have been cooler cool to see. I thought Brady got tons of respect. Yeah, when but I, I read it. Still... I read it with tons of respect. I don't know. It's she's for got me. Shots okay, on her well, name. so for me, she's still like. I find it more acceptable for Raina for me to have all of these titles of hers and no story behind it. But I also would like a story behind it. Oh yeah, but, definitely. Like, I reason... want to see how they they're like they fought off the pirates. I'm like fucking how. But like the reason that I appreciate the titles behind her name is like we get to see it in Blood of Olympus when she's with Nico and they're going up against all of whatever at her old house so there's something to do with I don't really remember but there's like there was like enough there for me to be like yes and so then when I got to Charles of Apollo with her part in Charles of Apollo I was like yes 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 love this girl know what she's about amazing amazing but if we'd had that from Charles of Apollo yeah, you didn't get to that book. I didn't and then, know she was in that. Yeah, and then with the fourth okay. one. And then we got to... Like, if we'd had that way back in Sea of Monsters, as soon as she appeared in um, Son of Neptune, it would have been, like, this huge moment. And like I would a have been big like, deal. Oh, my like God. It would in have the been way like that, a throwback. In the way that Nico was a big deal appearing in Son of Neptune, you're like, yeah. you sneaky motherfucker. <laughs> it would have been, like, a bunch of little Easter eggs, and you would have been like, oh, yeah. my God, that they littered throughout the show, yeah. But so I think, if cool. my, I think my preference would be if she had stayed on the island... I like that she has no powers. So if she didn't learn any of Cersei's powers, but just learnt how to manipulate men with like her words or her actions rather than any magic, fucking cool boss bitch energy. Love that from her. She can almost already do that. But <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like how Talia can manipulate the mist to some degree. Mm. I have a feeling that Annabeth would like learn at least some surface level magic yeah. and like kind of like yeah. So it's like that's what I do think. I do see I where cool. you're coming from, though, Ayla, with this saying that you would want Annabeth to have some witchy powers because I do think that any power that's not warrior big strength powers that Percy and Jason and Frank show anything that's not those people tend to kind of look a little bit more down on them like you look at how much respect Piper gets for her charm speak zero absolutely zero charm speak is terrifying but, like, you know, it's looked down on as, like, a not really helpful skill. Even Piper thinks it's not really at all that helpful. Yeah. And, like, Hazel has, you know... She can... She has hang-ups about her powers, but, I mean, that's because of her trauma. But, like, you know, it's not... And she then when, manipulate when she manipulate she summons gold and shit like that. Yeah, well, then when Hazel tunnels. is, like, chosen by Hecate, even then, that's, like, a weird storyline to me. But weird. I feel like if Annabeth maybe had lent some respect to that form of magic and that form of power earlier on, people would be might be more receptive to that kind of thing. Yeah. 
don't know. Maybe it's like maybe I'm thinking of it in the same way that like you know how a woman's a woman a woman's choice of murder is like poison, where it's like the quiet murder. It's I don't know the way that the way that these witchy powers could have been made into like this huge like they could have been weaponized in the way that Cersei weaponizes it, or the way that Medea weaponizes it, or the way that Pasiphae um, weaponizes it way down the line in yeah. Pasiphae. Like it's just I see where you're going. It could have been really cool. Could have been yeah. really cool, and it could have shown a lot of people. I mean, the whole point of these books is that. You know, if you're neurodivergent, it's something to be celebrated, and so there's not one way to be. And so, like, if they'd been shown more than one way of having power and using that power for a good cause, again, yeah. not just Percy's strength, like, yeah, yeah, would have been, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Would have been cool. Would have been, cool. been cool. Anyway, I think we need to move on from this email, but I do. I like, for a long time. I like all of this. It's a good topic. Okay, good thing that the next couple of emails that we have are a bit smaller. So, they're not as heavy and not as. This next one says, "Okay, so these the next three all have things in common, so I'll just read them after 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 each other because they're all about okay, the announcement." Go for it. Okay, so this first one. Hello, I'm Romy. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> it's got three exclamation points. Hello, okay. I'm Romy, longtime listener, big fan. I'm a daughter of Athena, and I've held off on emailing for a long time because Aww. I didn't really have anything to say. But and this is all in caps. This next bit, we have our trio cast for the show. I'm so excited, and I wanted to know what you guys think of the kids. I think they're going to be amazing. Oh, cute! You are correct. They are going to be they fucking phenomenal. Be, oh, cannot even can I can't even articulate <laughs> how excited I am. Oh my god. Okay, so then the next email starts off in caps as well, saying, We have our Annabeth, we have our Grover. And then they say... Exclamation Yeah, and then they said, (laughs) Sorry, hi, I'm Marcy, child of Balder, which is a Norse god. Um, I couldn't hold myself back from yelling to the skies about our cast. I'm with you guys. I loved the movies. Fuck yeah. I think they're hilarious, and I literally cannot wait for the show. I think these kiddos are going to do such a good job, and in caps again, we literally manifested Black Annabeth. Fuck yeah, Um, Leah is going to do awesome, and you can't know how ma- how happy it made me when I listened to your Walker episode, and you said you wanted Annabeth to be a person of colour too. Um, so I hope you guys are having a good day. I just wanted this to be celebrated some more. Uh, in caps as well, and Desi Grover too. <laughs> I love them more than life itself already, and I might explode when the first trailer drops, or even just the first pictures of them in costume. Oh my god, um, yes! Currently, all the fan art I'm seeing is making me so excited. I know, excited right? Every, people are getting me way too hyped up, because I'm like, I have to wait like another year or two yeah. for this shit. I'm like, no, I'm too excited, give it to me now. <laughs> I literally take anything, and just feeding my soul at this point. Oh, um, so good. Okay, then the last email that we have says, hi, name twin, I'm Catherine. Well, my name's not Catherine, but I will accept. Um, daughter of Aphrodite. Oh, is that two daughters of Aphrodite? Oh, no, the other one was Athena. Um, yeah, daughter of Aphrodite. Just coming in to let you know, if you're not already aware, but you probably most definitely are, that we have our perfect trio <laughs> cast for the Disney Plus PJO show. I already love my children so much, <laughs> and I'm also so glad that you guys advocated for POC main characters in your Walker Scobell announcement episode as well. Um, if you do a trio announcement episode, I mean, this is probably it. Yeah. Um, I'd love if you read this email aloud. You're welcome, Hi. Catherine. Here you go. Um, anyway, I'm going to go back to blocking racists on, racists on Twitter now. Have a nice day, ladies. Yes, nice. block yes. them. Block them Get all. Them they don't deserve... Here. Set them on fire. God, they don't deserve a space to spew their hate. It's really? disgusting. Can I just say that's really funny that um, they think you have a longer name? <laughs> like, <laughs> name no, no. It's just cat. four letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, also, I'm, Catherine, it makes me sound sophisticated. 
Sorry. Better than Katarina. That's our auntie's name. Yeah, so I no, I just call Kate Katarina because I find it funny. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Jonah. Hey, no. <laughs> you know, my my name's Joanna, but I go by Joe. No, no, I go by Joe. No, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <Bitch>. <laughs> Okay, well, yes. Um, okay, do you want to talk about the announcement then a little bit? Thank you, Marcy and Catherine and Romy. We... The announcement! I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay, it's so, so good. Percy, Percy's being played by Walker Scobell. Love, love of him already. We've been new. We already um, did that episode. Annabeth is being played by Leah Saber Jeffries, who I think is a Disney Channel star. She is in something. I haven't actually, like, <laughs> fully looked her up. I know. She's in something. I'm really helpful, aren't I? And then And then Grover is being played by Arian or Orion uh Simhadri, so Yes. Fun time. So excited. Yes. We already currently have more people of colour than white people in the show. And so excited. Feeding my soul. It is exactly amazing. Exactly what we needed. It is exactly what we needed. Oh, and also, it was I'm like so I don't know if you saw how much Rick put out after I mean like nobody said anything about Grover being Indian. No, like, it was all directed. Everything at was directed at Annabeth, and I'm. I knew this was going to happen, and uh, I knew poor. that. Like as soon as, like when it was announced that, um, like the and casting she, call, she braced herself when the surely. casting calls were announced, and they were following Disney's, you know, racial diversity and ethnicity like inclusion statement, and they're like, yeah. you could be any, you could be whatever, mm-hmm. we don't care, mm-hmm. we just want the best actor for the role, which yes. is how it should be. You want the best That's actor, not the best appearance. Be. If you end up with the best appearance, it's going to be a shit fucking show. Like, it's gonna end up looking like Shadowhunters. (laughs) Seriously! I was literally just thinking that. Kate and I are watching Shadowhunters. She's rewatching it. Well, Shadowhunters is a really great example of where they went for the look instead of the show. It's a terrible show. I'm sure that, like, I'm sure that these actors did a great job at beating out some of the others, but also, like, these ones literally look the part. And it's, like, they're Mm. very, very book compliant, whereas I like that Percy is a bit less like that and also it's like who are you to tell like Rick was part of the casting process and who are you to tell the author of the book that he's wrong about his character <laughs> good like, point that's such like, a good what? point he created them like what you do know, you mean yeah he'd if be he like says that's Annabeth that's Annabeth you'd be like that's Annabeth he'd be like but that's not how you wrote her he'd be like what the fuck is that matter that's <laughs> Annabeth and then the half the shitty writes anyway you make fun of him for like, it that's so Annabeth. like you know if you can accept that Talia had green eyes in one book and blue in the next because he forgot that Percy's eyes were also green, so he couldn't have two green-eyed characters because it's already a rare enough eye colour. Oh like, <laughs> if you can accept that he changed green Blackjack's... Rare, if, you can, if you can accept that he changed Blackjack's sex from female to male, then you can accept that Adamant is a person of colour. She's going to be amazing. You can also accept She's that they changed the Frank's age by four times. Oh my god. Frank's <laughs> age? Come on! What? Insane <laughs> You're like, bruh, what are you doing? See... The thing that I'm mad about, because I do have one thing that I'm mad about with this announcement, right? She's cranky. Get ready. She I'm not that cranky, me. but I'm just... I, I motioned for number one. Okay, the one thing that makes me a little bit annoyed about this casting process is... They weren't in costume for the photo. You're right. Yeah, the you are correct. That is the word. Be no, that's because Disney hasn't made... Like, Disney has all the merchandising rights, and they haven't made any merch. Oh, fucking They've had merch. all of this opportunity for the last 20 years, oh. or whatever it is. They haven't made any merch. It's stupid heads. Like, why they would they so in Camp Half-Blood shirts? Oh, literally. Anyway, no, the thing that annoys me is that 
people don't know that the Kane Chronicles are also getting adaptations. They're getting movie adaptations with Netflix. It's not getting anywhere near as much coverage as Percy Jackson is because Rick's not as involved. (laughs) And so because Rick's not as involved, I'm worried that the it's cast. Not gonna be good. I'm worried that the cast for the Netflix adaptation is going to be all white people. I'm so worried. Oh my god! It's Netflix. It's like it's oh my a, god! It might be. <laughs> that's what Shit. I'm mad about. Is that Rick is you know doing all of this stuff to defend the cast from racists for the Percy Jackson show? Oh, be like, this yes, is classic we're about, Rick. We're all about though. inclusion, and it's like great because um you know Disney has that ethnicity you know yeah. that's their statement that they you know they make because they're like we don't care who applies you apply Netflix doesn't have that <laughs> or at least I haven't seen Netflix have that and so I'm like oh my well God. I just it makes me Jesus. I'm like crawling this, out of my skin right now <laughs> this is my classic Rick though is that he focuses on he's he hyper fixates on particular things and yeah. then neglects other shit so like for example he hyper fi- oh, like we went through when we re- when we did Percy Jackson, you yeah. were like, look at all these Easter eggs and all the planning that he did and it all yes. meshes together like cogs through a machine and yet we can still point out, we're like, he changed the sex, he changed the age, <laughs> he changed the eye color, he just forgot about all these minor details. But yeah, pretty important. a lot of the things that and were so planned in detail were the ones that were you know, oriented in myth. And so it's like, well, I just had to change this one thing about the myth, but the rest of it's just a retelling. Whereas all the things he had to make up himself, that's what he forgot. <laughs> and I'm like, makes sense, because he was a teacher of, you know, Greek mythology for however many years yeah. before he wrote these books. So those things are ingrained in him. The colour of someone's skin, not so much. <laughs> not so much ingrained in him. Anyway. Thing that, okay, so one thing that doesn't like, So he's hyper-fixating on yeah. how well Percy Jackson, the TV show, is going to do that he's... I feel like he's just... It's on the back burner. It's the Kane Chronicles. Well, he doesn't have anything to do with them, I don't think. Oh. I think he That's sold even the, worse. No, no, I think he... The situation with the Kane Chronicles is that he sold the rights to them <gasps> the way that he sold the rights to the movies no. for Percy Jackson ages ago. Like, I think... Because that's just part of, like, the clause. Rick. When you sign with a publishing company, they have, like, a whole contract that you have to go through, and adaptations is a huge part of it. If it makes enough money, you sign over your creative rights to whatever, mm. and it takes a lot to get it back, like, a lot, a lot, or it takes a lot of, like... I know we watched Spider-Man and Marvel. Yeah, it takes a lot of sway <laughs> to, like, if you have a contract, it takes a lot of, um, you know, personal sway for you to be, like, for you to contradict whatever contract they give you, you mm. need to have, like, a really good reason <laughs> for why you want to be in charge of your own adaptation. Be like, give it back. Um, yeah, yeah. Give it. Yeah, basically. Which is, I mean, that was the whole problem with the movies, was that he put in all of these, like, like, they asked for his input, and then so he gave them all this input on what he thought they were doing wrong, and they just completely ignored everything that he said. He they were like, like mm, we don't care about your opinion. And he was like, I fucking wrote it. What, what am I? <laughs> anyway, no. Okay, so one other thing that does annoy me from all of this... Um, Leah being Annabeth is that I've seen from all of the racist posts one of the things that annoys me the most is that people are like if we ever get the Heroes of Olympus show we won't be able to tell Annabeth and Hazel apart that's disgusting you guys are dumb are you saying that every person looks what? the same are you kidding me that stupid is the most racist thing I've ever heard first of all if they ever Not get ever to that stage Annabeth will things. be way older than Hazel so like there's clue number one yeah. second of all they're two different people you should be able to tell them apart bitches Oh my god! Is that seriously what people are saying? Yeah. Of course it's what people are saying. What am I thinking? God. <laughs> people are horrible. People are horrible! Anyway. But yes, we are oh very excited. Oh my god. I'm we are so very excited for um, our little trio. 
I've already seen so much about them and Rick's little blog posts are giving me life because he's with them every day and it's just amazing and all of the things that I hear he about looks, Walker. He looked great. adorable in the background oh of the three God. of them. So they're all three lined up and then he's there like <laughs> In one of his blog posts they were like talking about the craft services table, so like the food that's supplied to them on set. Right. And the kids were apparently educating Rick on like the best snacks and they had like <laughs> they had like little bits of seaweed and then Walker goes my head's full of that and I was like oh, oh my god, god that's so cute and like um Arian had his birthday his 16th birthday like right after all the oh Arian I like that they aged Grover up I think that's big cool. time um because we discussed this as a seven year old saving everybody <laughs> we've been over this before Rick obviously heard us and was like alright we'll fix that um yeah, so Grover, he ha- Arian had his 60th birthday like right after the announcement, and he was wearing like tree hugger merch. He was like, he, all of his like posts since then have been like, oh my god, look at his nature, so beautiful. And I'm like, he is perfect. That's the cutest thing. That's amazing. Yeah, I think Aww. we need to step away from this because oh, it's been actually, half no, an hour. But I'm no. so excited though for like, I hope they stay on brand and they stay become, on brand and they become like. um environmental activists though that'd be cool like they're gonna use their fame in the future um when this show gets even bigger than it already is because it will i will not let it not yeah <laughs> um and they're gonna oh God, use that flock to this show and make it the biggest thing anyone's ever seen i will be so mad right we deserve nothing less they honest. should to be honest why like. would you not i already <laughs> know it's gonna be amazing if they put as if much... If it's not going to be... It's going to be iconic at the very least. <laughs> if they literally invest as much into this as they did for, like, Mandalorian or for, like, WandaVision or, you know, for any... Or even Moon Any Night. Disney Channel show, if they invest that much in it to make it look good, then it will be good. Yeah. Because that's, like... If it looks cringe, people will not watch it. No. Like, Shadowhunters is a great example. <laughs> you can do it. Shit. God, it's so bad. <laughs> they didn't have any money. That's another good one. Physically Cassandra Clare didn't have, like, the rights to those... Shows. That's why they made the movie, and then they, she had to advocate for them to make the TV show because the movie flopped really hard. Big time. <laughs> like that one's not even iconic, funny. Okay, it's but the movie bad. flopped in the same way that all fan fictions published as real books turned into movies flop. Incorrect. Twilight's amazing. <laughs> Twilight wasn't a fan fiction. Oh well. Well, if it was, and I'm not aware. <laughs> okay. What's another version? What's After. Another- that's a terrible. <laughs> that's oh. Fantastic. Oh, fucking Trevor. That that's the only thing you can quote from it. You don't know anything else. Other than just up. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, no, that's just another <laughs> another great one. Another great example is um Fifty Shades. Oh, I don't know, I haven't seen those. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Can I just say I just realized how sus that sounded coming over? I don't know, I haven't seen those. <laughs> I'm not. I really haven't. <laughs> Can't believe you'd speak of such. A- <laughs> this is a PG show. It's not. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's get into. Um, are you happy to move on? I could talk about this for hours. I know. But we That's why we need to move on because this is technically a, a, an actual <laughs> okay, chapter episode. episode. This is not just like a fun episode that we're doing. Okay. Yes, we're reading chapters. Is- oh, okay, I'm <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm just like messing up my words. Go ahead. <laughs> we're reading chapters four to six of The Serpent's Shadow today. It is the... We're on the last book of The Cane Chronicles. I'm very excited. And I think we've six come... To nine. <laughs> yeah, I think we've come. I think we've come to a conclusion about what we're reading after this. We said we were going to put up a poll. I'm too lazy. Oh. Um, but yeah, I think we've decided what series we're reading once Kane's finished. Do, sorry, do you want to take a guess, Joe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> I can't remember. Did we come to a decision? Was it... Is it... 
not House of Hades, that's <laughs> what it's called. Heroes of Olympus. No. We're not doing that? No. Oh, we're doing Magnus. Yeah, we're doing Magnus. Okay, look, guys, we're doing Magnus next. You joke at it here first as well. We're doing Magnus next. Guys, we're reading Magnus Chase next See, because I want to put off Lost Hero as long as possible. See, and I feel like they love it when we find that things at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's surprising me as well, guys. Yeah. God, it's like I'm part of the books. <laughs> you mean the audience? <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, chapters four to six, we're reading chapter four first. I consult a pigeon of war. <laughs> oh my god, I have to like yell. <laughs> I don't know, right? It's really noisy in here. I see, it calmed down. Okay, so in chapter four, I consult a pigeon of war. Carter has a Zoom date with Zia, only instead of discussing their one-sided romance, Zia delivers a death vlog to Carter, where rebel leader slash murderer Sarah Jacoby and her best friend Kwai threaten to kill the <laughs> world if the Canes don't stop being good people. Um, while Carter mulls over his impending doom, Zia is on babysitting duty for everyone's favourite sun god, and we realise that time John. out of the duart has not improved John's condition uh, <laughs> like the Canes had hoped, and it's looking like Ra will not be able to John. help the cause uh, in this state after all. It is as the gods predicted, which sucks because now they're gloating um, that they were right all along. Um, no, like actually they are gloating because Horus comes to Carter's room specifically to do that. Um, to boast and in the form of a pigeon which is just like even worse it's just rubbing salt in the wound As I'm a pigeon and you suck <laughs> but he was like he's um, a mighty bird I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All about. laughs> disease see I love how out of touch these like yeah. immortal beings are that's my favourite thing yeah. Um, yeah then Horus gives Carter some possibly very helpful information about shadows and statues ha 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 <laughs> episode pun um, that could be the key to <laughs> defeating Apophis but then Carter's day is ruined when he finds out he must now attend a school dance, and worst of all, he has nothing to wear. <laughs> We're focusing on the real problems here. The real problems. How is he going to match his See, this to is his another, tie? Is this, that a yeah, thing? this is another aspect of Sadie going, I realise that the world is ending in three days, don't care, I'm going to do something I want to do. Which is exactly how the last book started. And, and now we're going to a dance. Up last time. And now we're going to a dance. Yeah. Like, Why? I mean, I understand why she was like, we're doing it to raise morale because the kids are exhausted and we need some happiness in our lives. But it was also like, Carter was like, do, do I have to go? <laughs> I don't even go to the... She <laughs> doesn't even go here. <laughs> but honestly, it was his, Carter was fine with Sadie going. He was like, yes, you go. She was like, and you're coming too. And he was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I don't want to. And Walt doesn't even go. No, Walt doesn't go. And she's like, you have to. <laughs> Typical do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Sadie making everybody do whatever she wants. And you're like, oh, God. no, real Karen of you. Yeah. Okay, so did you have anything to point out in this chapter? This chapter. Yeah, so again, with my, wow, that is a cult. <laughs> um, <laughs> statements. Um, that is a man right there. <laughs> my question, okay, cult. I have a question for you. Oh god, no, I'm not yes. using this. No, no, I'm not the one who answers questions. <laughs> Why are you asking all these questions? Where is Zia babysitting Ra from? I can't tell you. Oh, is it a proper secret? No, it's just how I want to answer every question, so oh. I have to answer the question. I'm pretty sure it's up up in the heavens, up in the more, in the godly realm. But she's not allowed up there. But she is. We saw that at the last at the end of the last book. I didn't think that they were allowed up there, but apparently they are. Okay. Either that or Ra's in the basement of the first gnome. And <laughs> the gods just like shun him there. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe he's just like in Because I was just like, I was like logistically what time. is her um trek to work like? <laughs> oh yeah, her commute. Her commute. How's her commute to babysitting? Raf is, is the what it is, you know? 
I don't know. Maybe she's maybe she's got a special portal. Maybe that's the only magic that Ra can do. He's like, I want to go see my best friend. <laughs> so I'm opening a door. <laughs> also, zebras. He tries to eat the oil that's in the little bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gives him cookies and doesn't go away. And we find out that he actually has two teeth. So teeth. Yeah, two teeth. You asked in a previous episode whether he had teeth or not. He has two. Has answered your question. He's got two teeth. Not numero uno. He has tres. That's three. I wonder if it's, see. I wonder if it's. We're asking the real questions here. Are they side by side, or one up on the top and one on the bottom, or are they like one back molar down the bottom and one top molar on the other side? You know, where are his teeth located in his mouth? That's a good question. Right. Good question. Right? It's not the front ones. You don't reckon? No. Oh, is that because they're always the first to go when you lose your teeth? Yeah. It's two front teeth. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Aren't the canines usually the first to go? Canines? Yeah. Yeah, we're carnivores, Joe. No. We have canine teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was, I was just <laughs> casting my memory back to when I lost my teeth and going, yes, did I lose my canines first? Hmm. <laughs> Do I have canines? I have canines. I don't think I do. I think mine were removed. I do. Okay, Sorry. I had like eight teeth removed when I'd only lost one tooth because I was like 12 at that point. (laughs) (laughs) My orthodontist was like, you have too many teeth in your mouth and they're refusing to leave. Um, Um, I didn't have that problem. I ripped out every single one of my teeth. Yeah, no, I'm terrified of no I didn't like the feeling of wobbly teeth Ugh. so as soon as I got wobbly uh, as soon as nah. I got that slightest bit of movement I just pulled it out of my head nah. I had like eight removed at once and I'm pretty sure they were my <laughs> baby and adult canine teeth no first two did the canine all square now I See? ripped it out while I was in church because I was like fuck that shit how many good ones all square what are you talking about how many good ones all your teeth are good then I've got no pointy ones mm. is that because they ground them down then no, it's reasons. because they removed them. Because <laughs> they were too crowded in my mouth. Because mm. my mouth is too small for the amount of teeth that I have, so they had to remove the canine teeth because they're the ones that stick up the most. So, yeah. No. My braces would not have looked good if I had canine teeth. Saw my regular teeth. Well, the option was either take out my canines or take out my molars, I'm pretty sure. And you need your molars for your grinding. So. And grind. And grind. Bum. And grind. Let's stop talking about teeth. <laughs> right? How do we get into this? <laughs> oh, raw. Fucking raw. You uh, ruin uh, everything. From, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so were those the only thoughts you had in this whole chapter? Um, this chapter. I also had, man, this boy's whipped. Like, we knew it beforehand, but he's, like, depressed whipped now. Yeah. Like, even more so. Yeah. Last time, last book, he was, like, holding out hope, and now this time he's fully just dove, he just dove into it. He was like, no, no, no. I'm gonna just be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> in love. Come and look at the crazy background. But see, what's love. funny is, like, that's Carter's perspective of Zia, but I made a note about this. The first line that we get from Zia in this book is, Carter, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> just like, his reaction is like, that's hot though. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, kink. <laughs> he's like, you know how much I'd like that. <laughs> that was pretty much the only note that I had about that whole conversation because we've already talked about it a little bit oh, with... Horace you know, is very funny as a pigeon. No, no, about <laughs> the conversation with Ra and Zia. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, that was my only note. Yeah, because I... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have anything else to say about that because we already went into the whole Sarah Jacoby thing. Um, yep. Yeah, my other note about that was... Kind of, kind of ironic that she's yelling at Carter about killing all these yeah. people while she's literally killing someone. <laughs> yeah. She's there. You murdered so many people. 
she stabs, turns to the camera. Look what you did. <laughs> what have you done? Huh? Who's bad boy? Who's bad boy? Non-Australians <laughs> won't get that joke. <laughs> oh my god, now I want to make a meme. That's just Taylor Swift going, look what you made. You <laughs> of Percy Jackson fans and Taylor Swift fans is just a circle. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, that, I think that meme would go over And Hillary well. Duff fans. <laughs> Roll <in>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next note that I had about this chapter was when Carter goes into his room and he's like, this place is a pigsty! Because he, you know, we forgot that he lives with um, Khufu. But there's just like a moment where he stands in front of his computer and like just like watches the slideshow go like yeah. the standby slideshow just depressed for a couple minutes yeah they are depressed for a little bit and um who's they carter um but i only wanted to like talk about one one of the pictures that comes up and that's the picture of amos and warning for you guys we're gonna go playing into a little bit of, we're gonna go into a little bit of spoilers about multiverse of madness now yeah playing the saxophone just had a thought of like oh god no no your least favorite part. I hated I know it was your least favorite part of the entire movie. But it actually would be really cool if you combined, no, no, not just, not just the saxophone music being If you combined that with his storm magic from set, from following the path of set, or from whatever he's doing with set. Standing in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. Here comes the storm, here comes the movie. Yeah, if you played that on the saxophone. Or just all storm puns, storm puns on the saxophone, and the music notes just like kill everyone. That'd be amazing. Standing in the eye. <laughs> you guys don't know that song. You're not iconic. <laughs> Do you even know who's by? Yeah, it's by Chicky from Good Luck Charlie. It's asking for her name. Oh, Bridget something. Bridget Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I know that that was your least favorite part of. Have you seen that TikTok? But I actually, I think that would be very cool. No way. If he, you know, or maybe the saxophone stops working and he just literally uses it as a weapon after that. He just hits people with it like it's a bat. Have you seen that TikTok though where it's like, it's it's the guy who's singing a song. Oh, and he's doing it in real punk emo, but it's like acapella. (laughs) Oh, I can't, oh my God, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, I've just sent a version to you. Cause tonight's the night! Oh. I will fall for you! <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Or heard that sound. That's not the song though. Oh. <laughs> like, the song. You know this one thing that's like super specific? Do you know oh that? Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. into it a little bit. The first one was just Horace as a pigeon. That's fucking hilarious. Because we're moving on to Horace. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know how pigeons like jump trot around? Yeah. As they walk, I just imagine him landing on the bed and then jump trot. <laughs> He's like having a serious conversation with Carter. And Carter's just like watching no, their heads him. move at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Carter's just like watching him walk around. Like, you know, you remember the movie? Strut. Remember Bolt and the pigeons from Bolt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, Pick an eye. Which, which, which one are you looking at? <laughs> Talking to you, man. <laughs> 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 That's a great image. 
Yeah. No, that's good. Gone, gone, broken, broken. <laughs> okay, so then my next question was for you, and I heard a little bit about it as you were reading this <laughs> chapter. Um, but yeah, the reveal of our prediction title happens, and you kind of you. I heard you sitting in the chair, and you just went, "Oh, <laughs> oh," and then you didn't really say anything else. And I was like, "I know what you're thinking of," but like, what were your thoughts, Joe? I don't really have it. Oh, okay. I was just sort of like, oh, so that's what she was referencing. Okay. Did you not really get it? Oh, of course you wouldn't really get it until then, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> surprised you went along with it so long, man. I don't know. It was a fan theory. I was like, all right, we'll just do the fans want us to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Uh, um, what did I think of it? Uh, I still don't understand what it's got to do with me predicting the future because it's supposed to be a shadow of someone's past or it's supposed to be their identity. I don't know what it's got to do with my crackhead predictions, but okay. I wonder if it was more just them going, this is a reference Joe won't get until the future, so. Maybe. In sense. which case, it's fun. Like either way, I don't really. Mind. I like. I don't care what we call it. Like, what's even more fun is that we're going to have to come up with a new title when we get to Trials and Polly because there are ones that you haven't read. Um, how about we just call them Joe's Crackhead Theories? <laughs> I think that's what they were called before. <laughs> or predictions. You know, it works either way. I like having a title for it. Though. Sure. Well, somebody. Well, there you go, guys. You can submit a title <laughs> for us. <laughs> Joe's giving you homework. I am. Um, it's not hard homework. <laughs> Okay, so then my last thing about these um, chapters was, along with this whole Shadows and Statues thing, you said a little bit before how we were talking about how Rick planted all these seeds in whatever in the first Percy series mm. that were going to, you know, culminate to the end of the book, mm. the end of the series. And mm. um, when I first read Kane, mm. I said to you, I might like this more than Percy. That was wrong but like yes you know it's it's up there i think it's still very good i like it more than very i like it more than here's the blue person i like it more than charles apollo obviously obviously and one of the reasons is because he's done the same thing for this series like he's planted all these seeds beforehand that you don't necessarily put together he's also reused stories (laughs) like you don't necessarily put together until the end or you don't realize they're important until the end like the whole zia being a shabdi or being a statue and then the whole statue thing doesn't come back really like in full force until the last book right. and then you've also got like um, Walt being the I mean it would hit harder if there was more than three books well yeah obviously but like Walt being the like the charms and the sympathetic magic guy yeah. and the whole sympathetic magic thing not coming back until this last one and it's like just a lot of you know little strings being tied together and there are obviously other things that I can't mention because we're not there yet so you don't know but like there's just lots of other things that I'm like yes 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 Yes, yes, yes. And it's like ticking a box. And I just, I love it a lot. So that's the last thing that I had to say about that. I'll just talk while Joe's gone because I realise that there are um, things that I forgot to say. So like the whole reveal in this chapter is that um, the shadow of something is kind of a part of their identity. And we went into this in the last chapter anyway. So it's part of their identity and it's... um, especially for gods, something that's been super hidden because people didn't really realise that you could um, sort of banish someone or maybe execrate someone using their shadow in the way that you would use a statue instead. So the reason that Michelle failed at 
execrating Apophis is because he only tried to use this really misshapen little snake that was like not ornately made and not like great and we find out that Walt and Carter and Sadie have also been making a statue of Apophis that they were hoping to use for his execration and they were hoping that if it was well made that maybe they wouldn't die Um, but yeah now we're finding out that if they can maybe use the shadow in that way instead in place of the the statue in place of the Shabti then it will make a stronger um, kind of like a stronger banishing spell or a stronger execrating spell and so it's just kind of like maybe they won't have to kill themselves so maybe this is a way around it for them um yeah so that's kind of what we didn't talk about but that's what they're talking about in this whole chapter but there isn't really any information on this because the only magician who kind of did all this research and did all of this like going into this stuff his are the scrolls that Apophis has been destroying this whole time so Apophis knew and Bast knew and that's why Bast would be fucking shady in the first episode that we did um but yeah so shady in the last book (laughs) yeah but it's like you know where the other thing that i like about this moment and this realization is that we're finding out the goal for the book at the very beginning rather than trying to put the clues together and i mean that's how it works finales most of the time you have the goal of the your goal at the beginning and then you go through all the mishaps in the middle of people trying to stop you from that goal rather than in the other two books we were still gaining clues throughout the book to be like, oh, this is how we do it. No, we know at the start, this is how you do it. Um, kind of. You know? Yes. So, yeah. I was just, while you were in the bathroom, just yeah. was explaining the stuff that we glossed over. Um, yeah, and that's the end of chapter four. So do you want to go into chapter five, Joe? Yes. A dance with death. Yes. Um, literally. After Sadie finds out that Walt won't be attending the school dance, and Sadie is miffed because she won't be able to dance with the boy she likes, all is immediately forgotten because, oh look, a boy has appeared to dance with, and it's Anubis. <laughs> Who would have called it? Um, yeah, and then with their hands on each other's uh, necks and shoulders and waistlines, and they're swaying in one spot because that's the only way that's appropriate for middle school dancers. Absolutely. Um, Sadie and Anubis are cock-blocked by Anubis's great-grandfather, Shu, who lectures them about personal space and old-fashioned dating standards. Oh. Um, then Shu banishes Anubis before Anubis can tell Sadie what he came there to tell her, and instead, Shu gives Sadie a very wide-eyed and very nervous Russian boy as a parting gift. Really? Yeah. We also get to see two guest starring, guest appearing characters in this chapter, which Joe didn't immediately clock onto, which was hilarious to me. Um, we get to meet Drew Tanaka and Lacey in this chapter. And when I said to Joe while she was still reading, I said, So what did you think? Joe went, Well, he's just reusing names. And I went, I was like, That's No, crazy. he's not. Because <laughs> she obviously glossed over the summer camp um, line. Probably the bit you're most excited to talk about. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Glossed over the summer camp line and Joe went, well, he's just reusing names. And I went, no, they're the same people. <laughs> and then Joe went, oh. <laughs> I didn't go for that long. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> you kind of went for that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You went, oh. No, it was not that it long. It was. We sound so dumb. I was just sort of like, okay, I don't really care. <laughs> Well, anyway, so we got an email a little while ago from Helana, and one of the first things that she mentioned was this moment because she had a theory about this moment, and she reminded me in a couple other emails after that because I hadn't read it aloud yet, and that's when I went, I can't yet because Joe doesn't know yet. So I had to wait until now before I could read out her theory, but I'm going to do it now. Okay. Okay, so Helana's theory is (laughs) when Drew and Lacey were at the school in The Serpent's Shadow, um, I think it was to rescue Carter and Sadie. 
Think about it. Why else would two demigods with the same godly parent who absolutely hate each other be at the same school in Brooklyn? Um, Annabeth doesn't know that Magnus is a Norse demigod, and she and Percy haven't met the Canes yet, so Camp Half-Blood would think that Sadie and Carter are either Greek or Roman demigods, and so they're there to save them. But then I'm like, okay, but where's the Seder that's also supposed to, like... It's a decent theory, though. Yeah, the other theory is just... Rick it wanted to do accident. a little bit of a... No, no, no. <laughs> Rick wanted to do a bit of a crossover, and this was just the best way for them to, like, appear in the same place. But also, it's just, like, they can come from anywhere around the world. Brooklyn doesn't really... You know, the magicians don't have a hold on Brooklyn. I mean, it is said in the Kane Chronicles that, you know, they don't go to Manhattan because there are other gods there, but that just means the Egyptians know that there are other gods. At this point, the Greeks don't know that there are other gods besides the Roman counterparts of the same gods they already have. Yeah. So they don't know about... They can go anywhere they want. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yes, I think that... I don't give a fuck! (laughs) 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 The thing that is weird to me is that, like, in this chapter, when Anubis appears and he brings all of these ghosts with him, can Drew and Lacey see them? Maybe. Because that's the thing that was, like, tripping me up. I was like, but they can see through stuff. Imagine and like, if Nico was there. He'd be able to see them, surely. Well, this is the thing that confuses me, because then when we get to the... I mean, you haven't read them, but when you get to the crossover series between Percy and Kane, like the little short stories, mm. they can all see what everybody else is seeing. Like, they can see what each other's seeing. So I'm like, why wouldn't Drew and Lacey be able to see all of these ghosts? What are they thinking in this moment? Are they thinking it's because of them? Like, well, maybe they're thinking, wow, this dance got really interesting. But then it's also like, who can see? So, like, Drew was really shocked when Anubis shows up because she's like, oh my god, hot guy. How can she see him? Does he appear that, like, way? Because he's never even appeared to Carter with a normal boy's head. He's always appeared with the jackal head to Carter. Um, and only Sadie's ever seen. That may just be Carter's brain, though. <laughs> can't comprehend hot boy without animal head. Well, maybe. Well, maybe it's just he can't compre- comprehend God without animal head. Well, no, that's not true because he's no, because he's, he's Horace all the time. Maybe Horace isn't hot. <laughs> no, he's not. Apparently. There you go. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> there you go. Well, Carter's never called him sexy or anything like that. He's never been like that. Wow, that is an attractive man. Right <laughs> that is a man. Right <laughs> he's never said that. Maybe he just doesn't have a thing for bald guys. So he's like, I'm good. <laughs> oh, how much hair does Anubis have? You got a full head of hair? Yeah. You only want bald girl. Yeah, he's got luscious dark locks. <laughs> you just dress him in? L'Oreal Paris. <laughs> You know that L'Oreal ad? You know that L'Oreal ad of Beyonce that people made into different things? Dumbledore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's gonna be Anubis. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. But yeah, like, how can they see him? Or like, you know, he says that he can't appear unless there's a really strong presence and then he gets around. He blames it on the ghosts. He has some workaround for, like, why he can appear at the school. He's like, oh, all of these people died in this place. You could make that for anywhere. Literally. And so, like, it people makes no everywhere. sense as to why there was this stipulation put on it on other books. Like, it brings, you know, it begs the question, could Sadie kill anybody and then summon Anubis to the dead body? Literally. <laughs> she, like, could, though. <laughs> That would be a really, like, dark twist. Seriously, <laughs> she'd be like, I miss my boyfriend. Noobs would show up and be like, be babe, what are you doing? Oh my god. Noobs would show up and be like, babe, are you kidding me right now? You could have just called. And she'd be like, this is how I call. <laughs> and she'd be like, this is the fastest way. You didn't text me back. <laughs> 
Oh my god. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's all I could think about as we were talking to Drew and Lacey. It's all I could think about. And the fact that, like, Drew was going on and on about Walt and Sadie was like, you know, has some moronic wolfy claim on him and it's just like, <laughs> that's a Twilight reference. I, I was, the whole time I was like, why do we care? Why do we care? And like, Sadie spends the whole first half of the chapter going, boo hoo, Walt can't come. Oh my god, yes. I knew this. And I'm like, shut really? up, we know. She's like a goldfish. <sighs> She's got a three second memory. She's like, what have got? I was really like, I've you got. obviously don't care enough about Walt if you're distracted by Anubis. You obviously don't care enough about Anubis if you're distracted by Walt. She's 13, kid. Still. She's 13. She's got surface level feelings. But shouldn't that mean that you hyperfixate on one thing more than other people? We've seen, we've seen Turning Red. We've, we've watched Wonder the Four Town Hysteria. The One Direction. No, no, no. Thing. We're not. We're not. We're not associating my real life fixations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm associating <laughs> fake ones. <laughs> we know how thirteen year olds act. Turning Red is based off the One Direction fandom. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Two thousand and two. It's based off In Sync, if anything, and Backstreet Boys. Mm. Not One Direction. Mm. We're wearing all white. That's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> not about One Direction. They're different. They're different. Oh my! No, One Direction wasn't same. just a boy band joke. Yes, they didn't do choreographed dances. Yes, they did. No, they did not. They, that was their whole thing. They had like a set six dances that they did all the time. No, they didn't. It was the, this one. That was not a choreographed dance. That was Louis going, I'm a crackhead. And then they made it into something. Oh, no, they, and they didn't. repeated it all the time. As a joke. It wasn't something that they put into. I cannot. As with you. a joke. Oh, yes, I cannot with you right now. Mean. Mean. They were not a boy band. They were a boy band. No, they were not. Not in that way. Not in that way. No, even Zane called them a boy band. And he was like, yeah, but it's like a boy band. (laughs) Not in that way, they weren't. Still can't believe There were more than that. Can't believe there's a whole generation now that have no idea who Wonder Woman is. (laughs) Okay, so one of the other notes that I had for this chapter was just before they even get to the dance, as soon as Walt walks downstairs and Sadie sees what he's wearing, her immediate thought is, the junior professor, he hath returned. And I was like, he doesn't have any nice clothes, okay? Let me see. Let me learn. Also, the fact that you're like he looks like an like a junior professor, which is an adult. He looks like an adult with the yeah. suit on. She's just saying that because it's her brother. If it was anybody else, they'd be like, "Wow, he looks really wow." <laughs> but yeah, I also I'm just like Sadie would be in middle school because she's 13, right? Mm-hmm. If Walt is 16, why is he also invited to the dance? He's not, but he is. But he should. <laughs> but he is. But it's fucking creepy. Is it an all ages school? All the baggies. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Well, if they went to if they were in, if they went to Australia, <laughs> if they were in Australia and they went to one of our schools, then it would be perfectly normal. Mm. It'd be a shit dance, but it'd be perfectly normal. Maybe it's like a prep school where they have like all of the year levels in one. Yeah, I mean, and that's why it's hard to get in because they schools were students. invited to. Oh, did they? Oh, I glossed yeah. over that part. There's like three other schools are coming to the dance as well, so it's not just, you know, the ten of us going. Mm. <laughs> but it sounds of it, they run the school. <laughs> yeah. Right. True. True. Trueness. It's just weirdness altogether. Never know my mind. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my. Okay, so um, then we meet Shu. Shu shows up. Shu shows up, and do you want to learn some things about Shu, Joe? So Shu was actually one of the first gods, um, and he 
was he was born or made from um, a moot because a moot uh, not a moot a tomb <laughs> got it mixed up the other end a tomb a tomb was a creator god he wasn't a god of like anything in particular he just like was born from the earth basically and he just like made everything cool. it was amazing um, anyway <gasps> so he created he created um, Shu and Tefnut from depending on which myth you read either his spit or his masturbation um fun yeah and then but then Shu married his sister Tefnut no and they had Newt and uh Geb or Jeb no but then Shu's whole existence after those two kids were born was to stop them from being together ew yeah so he he's He's the one he's the one who separated the two of them you know, from ever touching ever again because he saw how fascinated they were with each other and he was like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, you are a hypocrite. You hypocrite. Hypocrite. Um, Big ass yeah. hypocrite. So he's the god of light um, and air and wind. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> Fart joke, you. <laughs> it's a Rick Rowan book. Come on, I have to. <laughs> Honestly, though, you're like, god of light and air and wind. <laughs> Honestly, you. I... Look, simple pleasures, okay? <laughs> um... Yeah, so he represented the illumination of the primordial darkness. The illuminati. And, yeah, and he marked the separation between night and day. And so uh, he was also, he became one of the people, one of the main people who would protect Ra on Ra's journey. Okay. Um, yeah, because he's light, incarnate, or whatever. Um, yeah, he was also a, because he was a protective deity, he also had a dark side, apparently. And so he used to attend the judging of the souls in the Duat or in the underworld, whatever, and he led an army of terrifying demons who basically would dole out the punishment on the bad people. Right. <laughs> so he was like, not right. <laughs> um, yeah, so he normally appears as, because he was one of the first gods, he appears with a human face normally. He also normally appears covered in black paint, which I, I'm like, just, like, why? Just why we have to just make him black, you know? Because he's got a headache. What? Um, okay. Um, yeah. So he usually is wearing a headdress of like ostrich feathers, um, but when he appears with Tefnut, his wife slash sister, then they appear as uh, lions, and they were known as the twin lion gods. Um, yeah. And then sometimes he also appears as having the head of a man and the body of a lion so like a sphinx basically yeah. Um, yeah he doesn't really have a well known Greek counterpart um, but sometimes the Greeks wrongly associated him with Atlas because a lot of the imagery of Shrew of Shrew of Shrew was him holding up the sky yeah. obviously Atlas holds up the sky as well but the difference is that Atlas it, that's his punishment whereas Shrew is like no fucking <laughs> this job <laughs> he's like no touching um, yeah, so that's what we know about Shu, basically. Which is, I mean, makes sense as to why he comes in and he's like, no, 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 you guys no touching each other while you're dancing, and actually Anubis, out. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you're my grandson. No! <laughs> he's a big fan of personal space. He's a big fan. Um, yeah, that's what we learn about Shu. So, yeah. So, Shu's a hypocrite and a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh, much, much, much of a bit, much of a dick, yeah, <laughs> big one. Um, so yeah, we never get to learn what Anubis 
is going to tell Sadie, which is the whole reason that he's here. He's waffled on for like half a dance and not said anything. He's like almost said it like three times. Sadie, my least favorite writing. Well, Sadie doesn't care enough to get him to get it out of his system. She's just there, like asking other questions. And I'm like, no, no, let him finish. Noise the fuck out of me. It is my least favorite writing tactic. I'm like, you literally had so much time to spit out the work that you needed, like, the same thing you needed to make. It's like, uh, it's like the same thing in action movies when they pan to the hero on the camera and they take this really long, dramatic time to get themselves ready in front of the villain and I'm like, what's the villain doing? Just standing there? Oh, the monologue? Is that, you're talking about the villain monologue? No, what I mean, so, for example, when Tony Stark stands in front of his um, whoever's attacking him and like in the first movies when it took forever for the suit to get on him oh. <laughs> and he had to like slowly clamp and crawl really clunkily mm. up his body I'm like spoiler <laughs> it came out like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah I didn't know that Tony Stark was Iron Man he <laughs> <laughs> felt in a cave a bunch of scraps anyway and so, anyway, but I'm always like, what is the villain doing? Just standing there, looking at flowers, like, checking on his watch? You take a fucking forever to get ready, you could have been killed. No, they're obviously captivated by how hot their villain is, or I, their nemesis. Yeah, you know? by the hero. It's, anyway, it's my least... Yeah, but it, for the villain, it's, that's their villain. Yeah. It's the hero. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, oh! How dare they be so good at everything? I hate that. <laughs> it I must destroy them. Annoys the absolute fuck out of me <laughs> like all of this dramaticness you're doing they could have killed you by now <laughs> yeah yeah big time big time you like this <laughs> big time yeah but then Shu yeah he gets rid of Anubis we don't get to learn anything the thing I will say that Anubis is trying to allude to is the same thing that everybody has been trying to allude to in these three chapters and so yeah you, you finish these three chapters still having learnt nothing of what they actually are trying to tell you which is really frustrating. Yeah, super annoying. Um, super duper excited. Yeah, and then obviously we finish the chapter with um, little Leonid sort of standing in the corner being like, I'm terrified to be here and I need help. The little Russian guy. Yes. The Alexi of Alexi. Uh, yeah, I just called him Alexi in my head. Or like, oh, that's how I thought of him. I thought of him as Alexi. Okay, do you want to get into chapter six things, then? From kids. Do you want to get into chapter into chapter six then well actually did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Anubis this in, this, in this moment Sadie put your boner away moving on <laughs> I can see your tone in your jeans <laughs> actually that's my dick <laughs> <laughs> so in chapter six Amos plays with action figures Sadie makes friends with the Russian boy Leonid uh, who is as Joe would say a pumpkin he is a pumpkin yeah thank you he's a little tootie <laughs> We find out that Leonid has boss-bitched his way out of Russia, <laughs> while also teaching himself the path, the path of the gods with no help, which is king shit. Mm. Um, and then he and Sadie take a trip to the first gnome in Egypt to warn Amos of Jacoby's invasion. All the while being a little pumpkin, he does all that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little kitty. He's exasperated the entire chapter until everybody starts speaking ancient Egyptian, and then he's like, oh my god, I get unstand here! He's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's like freaking language barrier. He's like, and I'm the only one who even tried English. Yeah. She didn't even try Russian. <laughs> Americans, right? Nice. I mean, we'll say he's British, but sure. Just you know, regular old. And he is Egyptian, yeah. so really, my equation makes no sense. <laughs> Actually, the Americans only fixed the problem. Lol. 
The look that he gave me was like, that's nice. <laughs> that's how you know it's fiction. <laughs> I apologize to all of our American friends, but I'm not really sorry. <laughs> well, you said something about us. Yeah. We're assholes. Um, yeah, big time. Yeah. So the first note that I had about this chapter was that Sadie walks into the um, the war room, I guess you can't call it, the war council room um, in the first gnome, and her first reaction is, oh, oh my god, beer is so hot. Literally, and then she goes, like, fucking hell, Carter's <laughs> punching above his belt. And <laughs> she goes, it's lucky Carter isn't here because he would be disabled by her good looks. And I was like, you sure Carter's the one being disabled exactly. right now? Like, that's <laughs> See what I mean? I was like, oh, I can yeah. feel the relationship. I can feel... It's like Eleanor in The Good Place. She's like, I'm kind of into Tahani right now. <laughs> Am I? No. Yes. Am I? <laughs> um, Your ideal perfect match is Stone Cold Steve Austin's body, Tahani's head. <laughs> uh, or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, so before they even get to the first gnome, um, Sadie says to Carter, we're going to take a portal to Egypt. And Carter is like, that's going to go terribly. Like, that's it's gone terribly for everybody who's tried that so since, like, since Apophis was, you know, tried to be execrated. And Sadie's like, I know that it's going to be terrible, but it's going to work for us because we're the main characters. And it does. It works for them. You don't like fucking hell, Sadie. Well, it kind of works for them because they end up falling through the sky. But then after, as they're falling through the sky, Leon is like, I got this. And he, like, whisks them away on the he's air. like, Wee! And Sadie's like, how did you do that? And he's like, oh, I'm following the path of shoe. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm in so bad. You did that all by yourself? <laughs> it was really kind of condescending, but... <laughs> Very condescending. I mean, that's Sadie, so... Yeah. yeah. And then she takes him through the Hall of Ages and basically goes, no touching anything. And then when she tries to touch something, he's very good, and he goes, no, no, bad, and he pulls her away. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anything. It'd be like, right, I guess you'll die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but she is... The reason that she stops and looks at the Hall of Ages is because she's, um, she's, she's drawn to a face in the images. Um, whose face is it, Joe? I can't remember. It's the guy from from In the Wall. Doesn't help me. Who? In the first chapter. You know when there's a face in the wall? The one that she's like... Oh, him. Where she's like, you need my help. And she's like, no. Yeah, the one that she's like, no one will believe me that there's a face in the wall. And we were like, are you dumb? Oh, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just yeah. everything Sadie does. I'm like, it doesn't... It's not logistical. <laughs> Dickwad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they walk into the war council and... Uh, Amos and Zia are like basically using this big war map of Iskander's and then Zia is like I told you that Iskander was like a master statue maker whatever and so like you put whatever statue on wherever on the map and it will help you magically and I'm like that is a sick power and then Amos and Zia try to do it and it fails and I'm like cool (laughs) yeah but it is a very cool map and it kind of brings me it kind of reminds me of not that they could use it like that but you know how when um Annabeth kind of had like a version of a scrying bowl, but it was like that video hologram bowl shield thing in yes. the Last Olympian, yeah. and they could see where the war was happening yeah. in different parts of the city. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but they can't do anything about the image in Percy <laughs> Jackson. Whereas in in this one, they're like, we can try and help. <laughs> Might not work. I think the, I think the amount that it works kind of relies on how strong your chief lector is. Which I mean, Amos is not as strong as his candle. That's just no. that's just. No. That's just that. Um, Iskander was, like, alive for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, then Amos gives everybody, you know, the little hieroglyph to make sure that they can all speak the same language. And we find out that Sarah and uh, Sarah Jacoby and Kawhi have taken over St. Petersburg and they're using it as, like, the hub after Menchikov died and um, they're going to move on. And everyone the there is just... Everyone there who... She's like, these are our new followers. They're, they're prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, And Leonid was lucky to escape. Yeah. And, yeah, we find out that basically... Jacoby and Kwai are like becoming like vessels for demons or something mm. or like at least they were for like some kind of war council to make them all talk to each other and Apophis was there talking through them as well weird, all yeah. creepy vibes um, kind of reminds me of when Tyson would do like the mimicry thing yeah, of like people talking terrifying. yeah I feel oh, like that's you. kind of what's happening with Jacoby and Kwai and obviously that's like messing more I mean they're terrible people to start with but but being the vessel for demons is making them even worse and oh, so they're fun. like just becoming more and more unhinged and disgusting and murderous and amazing. Torture-y. Yeah. Yeah. There's one point where, like, in that video in the in the fourth chapter, um, Jacoby's got, got them all lined up and she's, like, got this knife that she's, like, ready to... She just, like, walks in a row of cutting their throats as she goes. Does she actually? Or does I it, like, pan away before It pans away, oh, okay. but you, un- you know what she's yeah. doing. <laughs> and we find out that Kwai has been using some, like lightning magic to torture people for days and days and Leah yeah. says that and he you, tortured an old like, man for like three days until the scream stopped and you realise that he died and, and I was like this is, this is much I read that and I was like this is still a kid's book right <laughs> but it like kind of is because Rick like glosses over it so quickly and I'm like let's go back let's go back and focus on that for just two that's seconds like, that's like reading the Hunger Games when they got like yeah. gently glossed over how much they tortured Peter I was like hang on Spoiler! Kate! <laughs> How much they tortured Peter and they tortured Joanna, and I was like, huh? Yeah. Or like that moment when Prim dies, and you're just like, how did that. She was a good person, how did. And then it's like, that's small. And, like, and then you're like, excuse oh, me. Okay, awesome. <laughs> excuse me. Don't appreciate that. Yeah. Or how much they tortured Hamish. I was like, huh. Yeah. Psychologically. And God, man, those books were good. They were such good books. One of my favourites. Yeah. I say this all the time. I know. But yeah, we, we kind of glossed over... We glossed over <laughs> Quiet and Jacoby enough that I didn't remember this from the first read-through of these books. So, like, me reading this part now, I was like, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice! Because <laughs> it's so quick, it's like one, it's like one sentence. And it then literally done is. With it. And then... Yeah. And if you don't think about it, you don't think about it. It's know? one sentence, and then it pans over back to, like, Zia and Amos and stuff, and they're all, like, joyous. <laughs> they're like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> they move on to fixing the problem. But, and like, as Leonid is, like, explaining the stuff about Kwai especially, Zia and Amos just kind of, like, look at each other, and they're like, yep. And they're ah. like, oh, okay, so that's what he went to prison for, and now you're just, like, accepting that it'll happen to people. There's no rescue mission being made for anyone in Russia. There's no, like, you know... Because their resources are already spread so thin, and Apophis knows where to go, and he knows where to act, mm. which is how he, you know, did the stuff in Dallas in the first chapter, and yep. how he's, like, doing stuff out in the ocean, which is what they're, like, trying to help at the moment. Like and But, like, they have some magic that means that wherever they're holding their base... Amos and Zia can't even see that. And so when Leonid says, no, no, they're camping out here, they're like, but we don't feel any magic there. And then Zia holds the statue over the area and it starts, like, melting and burning her hand. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what, are we just going to hold the statue over the whole map and go, this is the burn spot, this is the burn <laughs> spot. So they're over here and they must be over here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's just, it kind of is a bit confusing, and it's a bit like, how are they getting around these sort of, um, you know, bits of magic, and Amos is like, like, the reason they can't go out and help all of these people is because Amos fears that a lot of their most powerful magicians have swapped sides, whether it's for, Yeah, and they're you know, scared to reach out and ask for contact. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, whether they've swapped sides for, like, a self, you know... Survival. Yeah. Whether it's for those reasons, or whether they're actually terrible people, like, yeah. or whether it's just, like, it's unclear. or, like, <laughs> it's really unclear, and it's just like, well... And Leonid is like, no, everyone in Russia is they're all victims and they're just doing what they can to survive and then Amos is she, like I he, believe you but also like uh. he didn't say everyone he was like a good majority yeah. <laughs> like most of them yeah a lot of us were just sort of like oh fuck yeah, it's rough out <laughs> yeah. it's rough out here in the burbs you'd be like she came out with knives or yeah <laughs> um yeah and then so by the end of the chapter it's decided that Zia and Sadie are gonna go where are they going don't I can't remember We'll find out in the next chapter. They're going somewhere. Um, so we'll find out in the next honest, episode. Um, I ran out of steam getting to this chapter, and I was like, oh, I'm re- I can't concentrate. I was really yeah. struggling to concentrate. Yeah. It wasn't even that many pages. It was, like, just over 60 pages, these three chapters combined, and I literally was like, Ugh. Yeah. I'm trying to get through them. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's all that I have to say about these three chapters. So, Joe, Shadows and Statues. <laughs> Do you well, have any predictions? Because I can't even episode. remember where they're going. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Do you have any predictions for Hang on, sorry. any specific we're characters going, for we're the going rest of the back book? Into or? Carter's perspective, so we're going to get yeah. a brief um, statement about how uncomfy and embarrassed he was dancing with a thirteen-year-old with braces and pigtails. He's going to be like, "I hated it." <laughs> Every second. <laughs> it's immediately awful. <laughs> it's immediately awful. Yeah. You're gonna hear okay. About that. That's about it. That's all I got to say. You don't have any like thoughts of. So if I if I make Lots it so that it's pain twenty four seven. How's he doing? Jazz is now hitting on Carter because you know Zia's not around, and I feel like Zia's gonna get her hackles up about it, and then she's gonna be like, "I shouldn't though, because I technically neither of us have made any commitments of any kind or any promises, but still." <laughs> I literally dumped him, but no one else can have him ever. Literally, <laughs> if um, I can't have him. I don't want him, but you can't have him. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say. Because I've asked the question, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the book? And I always get a shit answer. Do you have any characters that you, you think... You always get a shit answer. Oh, there's been about four times I've given you good answers. <laughs> four times out of 20 episodes. Shut up. Four is good enough. <laughs> it's a good 20% success rate. <laughs> exactly. You should be happy with that. 20% tip is very generous. <laughs> do you have any characters where you think something that might or might not happen to them. A lot of what we focused on in the last episode was Felix being powerful. No mention of Felix in these three chapters except for him making a penguin out of mashed potato. This is this boy's only personality. That's it's just not penguin. true. That's not true. Oh, sorry. What was the other? Um, Felix got really, really nervous when they started talking about Apophis's shadow. Like, he understood immediately. Everybody else was sort of piecing it together, but he immediately understood what that meant. Gotta be honest, like, I, I glossed over that part too. Shadow statue. He was like, hang on. Like, he fully clicked it, and I was like, alright. Okay. Here's another Felix spot. <laughs> so do you have any inklings of what's going to happen to any characters, or no? No. You suck. Give me something. Make one up. 
<laughs> Make one up. Okay, Bast is being real tricky at the moment. She is being. She's being super shady. Shady. She knows more than. Oh, actually, on. let's talk about Thoth. Okay. Okay. So, Carter needs to go and find Thoth. Yeah. Thoth is going to be indisposed. Yeah. And they're going to have to try. Oh yeah, we found out that Thoth was targeted by Apophis. Yes, and they're going to try and rescue him. And in doing so, they're going to endanger Walt, and Walt is going to go into cardiac arrest. <gasps> Maybe not that's too specific, but, like, something's going to happen to Walt while they're trying to rescue Thoth. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Hey. See, that is a good prediction. I told you, I give lots of good predictions. They just start out shit, and then they end on something good, because you push me like this, and you go, give me something real! <laughs> like, alright, fine. Well, so if you just bypassed your original, like, reflex... I need it, Kate. If your reflex is to go, I don't know, just ignore that reflex and go with the next one. I need that reflex. Why? Other one, because it takes me a minute to think about it, and if I'm just silent, you sit there going... And you interrupt my train of thought, so I have to think out loud, because otherwise, you don't... Because imagine if I got... If, if, I, if after you asked that question, if I, it would take me the exact same amount of time to eventually get to the thought statement. Fine, I'll be silent from now on, you'll have no partner. No, what I mean... That's not what I meant. What I mean is, is that you'd just, you'd get uncomfortable and you'd be like, I told you, I don't know how to deal with silences. You would, you'd be like, I just killed a boy with my voice. You'd be like, are you going to answer me? I'd be like, I'm getting there. And you'd be like, well, hurry up. And I'd be like, give me a minute. When can I go out of my own? How ridiculous is I'm surprised by these questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know that they're coming. I forget every time though. And we get through the argument in the group of the episode, and then you're like, Joe, Shadows and Sanchez, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, my job, man. <laughs> I'm like, the one thing I'm asked to do. <laughs> Besides read the book and comment on the book. <laughs> it's literally the bare minimum I'm asked to do. <laughs> <laughs> give me your thoughts. <laughs> I'm surprised by it every time. I'm like, oh. That's like that meme of Dwight and Angela, and Dwight's like, oh, fuck! <laughs> and Angela appears. That's yeah. you with the Shadows and Statues segment. I know! I got the reference! I'm not that stupid. Joe, that's, it's standing behind you, and it gives you a fright like I do most days. <gasps> James scared the absolute fuck out of me this morning. He's walked in. I'm <laughs> honest, it's not hard. You have no awareness of what's going on around you. Uh-huh. He did it twice. I was like, so I was making wraps in the morning out the back, and um, I was setting up, and he walked in and said hello, and I was like, oh, oh, hi. And so, that was, so that was a really light one, and I was like, oh, okay. You, you didn't hear me. him come in? No, he walks really quietly. It scares me. <laughs> He's such a big bloke, and I'm like, how, how did you walk so violently? Like, I'm there, like, scuffing around. You can hear me from a mile away. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> just, when I said that, my inner monologue for you in that moment was, jobs, 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 have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Fuck you big time, bitch. Sorry, was I wrong? <laughs> yes, you were wrong. I don't say jobs, jobs, jobs when I'm doing shit. To yourself. Just a couple times a day to myself. Not at all. It's fucking psychotic. <laughs> I do when I have like things in my room that I need to remember you to take. repeat the phrase over and over in your head jobs 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 as you walk around wait, wait if I'm like getting dressed in the morning and I have things around the house that I need to remember to bring with me to work I literally repeat those things in my head I'm like okay fridge water bottle pee teeth 
and then that, I repeat like four things in a row. That makes sense. You made it sound like I those are around, all jobs to do. But you made it sound like I walk around saying the phrase jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Coffee, sandwiches, sandwich machine, coffee, sandwich, sandwich machine. No, I don't do that. Well, that's what I do. I just vibe to the music. <laughs> no, but I sorry, I was like, and then so I was still setting up, so I wasn't actually in my groove, and then I was in my groove of making raps and wrapping them and putting them up. Anyway, and so I wasn't, I was just thinking about my task and just doing it, and then he walked in and I... Thinking about your task? I didn't see him in my, not thinking about future tasks, anyway. He walked in, he was in my, what I couldn't, I obviously didn't detect him in my peripheral vision, and then he just said, he started talking, he didn't, so he just started talking to me instead of being like, hey Joe, it was just... I can't remember what he said. Anyway, and I fully almost threw the rap across the room, <laughs> just in my <laughs> in my knee jerk. Funny. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then he went, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> I was like, it's fine. What can I do for you? <laughs> okay, great. I, I, I ripped the rap and had to start again. <laughs> okay, should we wrap it up? Ha 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 ha! Fine. I was we, asking. Oh, I thought you were making pointing out that I ruined the rest. No, <laughs> I was like, I was no. <laughs> I was asking if I could finish. Yes, you may finish. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So that's the end of this chapter. What episode? Both. We're not doing book club yet, are we? No, it's not the first episode of the month. Okay. Joe. No, just keep going. Yeah. Um, so next week we're reading chapters seven to nine of. The Serpent's Shadow, get around it. Um, if you want to send us get an email, like all of our lovely ladies earlier, Ayla, Romy, Marcy, and Catherine, and Helana, thank you so much for your emails. Then you can email us at devsnackmypod at outlook.com. Yeah. And if you want to send us a message on Instagram or the tweeters, then <laughs> we are at devsnackmypod. Yeah. All of our yes, personal... Yes, it's all very repetitive. <laughs> where's all of our personal stuff, Jo? It is linked down below. My yes, one line is, that yeah, I remember. <laughs> Um, yeah, so come back next week. We're doing chapter 7 to 9, and it's going to be so much fun. Okay, bye! Bye.